Well, hi there, and welcome to Unshaken. I'm Julie Van Warmer, your host for today's episode. I'm so glad you're joining me. Hey, I want to tell you about a couple things before we jump into our episode. First off, head over to your socials, Facebook or Instagram, and follow or like us at Women of the Word CTW. This is our umbrella account that covers and highlights all the ministries of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. It includes our blog called Planted, great content. It includes our mom-to-mom ministry for mothers. It includes our Regarding Him conference. It happens yearly in March. And of course, it includes this podcast, Unshaken. There's so much good content you are going to want to follow, so do it today. That will be in our show notes each and every week. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast directory. It helps us out, but it also helps you out because you get notification of new episodes that drop each and every Thursday. You can also reach out to me at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you if you have ideas, suggestions, or even thoughts about an episode that you heard. Finally, as you know, Unshaken is a podcast for women, put on by women, and our goal is to encourage and challenge and point women to Jesus Christ. And as you know, with Jesus, we can be unshaken no matter our circumstances. Hey, let's head into today's episode. Do you ever wish that you had a different house or a different kitchen? Do you ever wish that you had a different job or maybe had someone else's job? Do you ever wish that you had a different body? Okay, come on now. I'm pretty sure every woman can answer yes to a do you wish question. The truth is we all struggle with discontentment. I know I do at times. That's why this May we're going to focus on learning contentment on the Unshaken Book Chats. Erica Simpson and I are back. We're going to be discussing each chapter in the book Learning Contentment by Nancy Wilson on these episodes. You can grab that book at your favorite online bookstore, read a few chapters, and get ready to hear us as we talk through how we are learning how to be content. Join us in May for this series, Learning and Living Contentment. All right, now as you know, we have been focusing on biblical womanhood this year, and we've decided to name this venture Feminology, and we are today on Feminology number four. This is actually going to be a little unique each month, really, because we are going to be putting out 12 episodes, one each month, so we've already had three drop. Um, with this theme and we've talked with two women Sharon Arndt and Wendy Folk and I hope that you'll go back and listen to those if you haven't yet because they're going to be really a good base for our conversation today. Okay also I want to highlight that this is our 95th episode. It's kind of amazing that we have done 95 episodes already. I'm so thankful for this opportunity that we have here at Christ the Word to host, that I have to host the podcast. It's been just a lot of fun. I remember as a little girl, I had this secret desire to be a talk show host or a radio DJ. I thought that would be really fun. I could just hear myself now. Okay, the next song is, you know. Um, I have definitely learned a lot. I am not really very techie. And we actually, before this episode, learned that today because I had a little issues to figure out. But you know what? God has been good with us and helping us figure this out. So, Hey, thanks so much for listening each and every week. Um, I know that for me, I learn a lot. One thing I want to mention is that our 100th episode is coming up soon. It will drop on May 11th, and we have something very special in mind for that episode, and you will not want to miss it. We're going to share our favorite 100 things 
from us over here at Unshaken. I've got some uh, guests that are going to be on the episode with me, and it's going to be a great episode. Okay, let's get ready to talk about feminology. So let me introduce you to my friend, Aaliyah Bailey. Aaliyah, I'm so glad that you're here with us today. You may have heard Aaliyah's talks before on the podcast, and I've actually had her on in an interview, and I don't even remember. What did we talk about? It was about repentance. Oh, yes. I do remember that one. Yes. And um, what um, what can you tell us a little bit about your day every day? What do you do? Well, my day every day. So I just had my sixth baby. Sixth um, baby. Yep. Just a couple weeks ago or less, less than a couple weeks ago. And so my days are full of uh, kids and <laughs> my house and lots of church activities, Bible study, getting together with um, other women. That's so awesome. full days. Very full. That's awesome. Okay, so Aaliyah, you're going to be with us for parts four, five, and six of Feminology. Um, this is not your first time, as I said, on the, on the podcast, but it, this is your first time as we focus on Feminology. Right. Um, don't forget, if you've missed parts one, two, and three, you'll want to head back and listen to those. You can find those in our archives. Okay, are you ready, Aaliyah? I'm ready. Okay, what was your favorite female role model as a little girl? Like, who did you love and, and want to be like? Okay, so... It's kind of hard for me to think of a particular role model, but the first person that just pops into my head is kind of a funny one. Do you remember Mia Hamm? Oh, yeah. Yeah? yeah. Do you? Okay, so I was like eight or nine years old when her commercials with Michael Jordan came out. Oh, yes. And I had just started playing soccer, and so I had dreams of being, you know, a professional soccer player. Of course. In third, fourth grade. And so she did those funny kind of silly commercials where she and Michael Jordan would go back and forth and sing, anything you can do, I can do better. Oh, yes. And there were all these, like, action-packed shots of them doing cool things. Yeah, and you thought you could do that, too. Oh, I thought, yes, that she, (laughs) I could be like her. Yeah. I just had to keep practicing, and I was going to be like her one day. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, That's funny because you're a little sportsy. A little bit, yeah, Yeah. a little bit. I'm not, and so... (laughs) I always loved Laura Ingalls Wilder. Well, there you go. See, hey, they're totally different. I I loved all the books and I literally watched all the TV shows that came out. They were a big thing and they were something that I was allowed to watch, which was helpful. Um, I actually have instilled the love of these books into all of my kids, but especially my girls. It is not uncommon for my almost adult girls to sit around and watch an episode together. That's fun. Um, and I remember specifically when I was pregnant with maybe my fifth child, we were listening in the car, like this is actually before streaming things or before you could Mm -hmm. download it, and I was listening on a CD. I remember this like it was yesterday, and all the details to how they butchered and used every part of that pig. It didn't make me feel very good. I think I've mentioned this um, before to people that it, I actually ended up throwing up. (laughs) Really? On the side of the car because It was that vivid. It was. This is what happens when you're pregnant, right? Um, it was like frying wrong raw meat when you're pregnant. Yeah. It makes me nauseous, so it's so icky. Okay, I'm sorry to all the people who are pregnant out there listening to this talk. <laughs> yeah, I should have given you a, a warning. But I loved Laura Ingalls because she was spunky and she was fun. I think those are good qualities to have. Um, she was also generally moral in the book. She yeah. she did make mistakes and do stupid things, but in general, you know, you were rooting for her because she was the good the good girl in the whole TV shows and the books. Um I will say that the books and the TV shows do not match at all. They just, they don't. There's a little bit of similarities. Some of the episodes in the 70s and 80s, um, some of those episodes had current topics of the 70s and 80s, you know, like drug abuse or women's rights, you know, that showed up in there. And those were not in the books, right? That was not a big issue of the same in the late 1800s. It's interesting how something can be changed if we try to view it through our current culture, right? 
um, which actually makes me think of this current series called Feminology. We've, all, we've been talking about how the world has defined women in the current cultural way, but truthfully, we need to seek out how to define womanhood by the Bible. And that's actually what we're going to talk today about. Um, as I mentioned before, we're going to be spending a lot of time this year focusing on biblical womanhood. January through March, we talked about the image of a woman being um, an image bearer of Christ. And today we're going to talk about something else. We're going to talk about how a woman is to be made, is made to be strong. Um, and we'll also talk about how a woman is made to be soft and how a woman is made to be industrious coming up in future episodes. Um, and I think as we talk about these as aspects, we're going to take a look at what, the, what God's Word says and how to live this out in our daily lives. So this isn't just going to be, oh, theoretical, like in our brains. We want to know how do we live it every day. So... Aliyah, you're going to be with me for three episodes, and we're going to talk about strength today. So, here we go. Uh, do you did you listen to the first three feminology episodes, yes. Aliyah? Yeah, okay, I did. Can you give me like a recap, a review? Sure. Okay. So Wendy and Sharon talked about how God is the creator of all things, and not everyone believes that today, but it's what the Bible says. It's very clear, and it's the foundation for all of our truth. It's the lens through which we have to view the world. Mm. Using the Bible as our foundation allows us to understand the world that God has made. Mm -hmm. And specifically, because God created woman, we can understand how he has made us and what he has made us for, our purpose. Not only is God the creator, but he is a good father, and he's made us to glorify him. So as we learn more about who we are as women, we need to start with who God is. He is our creator. He is our father who knows us in intimately. Hmm. Starting with him helps us keep a proper mindset. If everything starts with me and I think that I'm calling all the shots on what it means to be a woman, then things can get a little crazy, especially when you consider there are lots of us and we can all yes. make our own, you know, if we're all making our own decisions on what it means to be a woman, woman yeah. there's going to be a lot of chaos. Yes. We're not only in between individuals, but between day to day. My yeah. moods change. My feelings change. But God is the creator, and so he defines who we are, mm. and that never changes. Amen. Yes. We as women have clearly defined roles that God intended for us to fill. Like we talked about being a helper, a nurturer. These are the things that Wendy and Sharon talked about. They also talked about um, submission and how those things fit into our womanhood. We have yeah. specific particular roles to fill, and God has given us those and put mm -hmm. us in those, those places. Now, our world has a skewed view of womanhood. Wendy and Sharon discussed that women, all women, struggle with discontentment. Yes, Some they do. Some <laughs> women struggle with a desire to change their gender, actually, yeah. to be different than who God made them and become a man. Some women don't embrace pregnancy or having children. Abortion and transgenderism are obviously huge issues in our day. They're becoming absolutely normal. Mm -hmm. um, things that we just see on a day-to-day -day basis in the grocery store, you know. Um, women are just not following the rules and the directives that God has given to us in the Bible. And even if it's, you know, I might not claim to be transgender, but I struggle with this too. I want yep. to cast off the roles that God has given to me. It's, it's inside of all of us. Yeah, I, I, we talked in one of those episodes about the idea that, you know, discontentment is something that all women really struggle with. Every single woman has some discontentment. And those are big ones, you know, transgenderism, and dealing, not wanting to be a mother, you right. know, that kind of a concept. But in my day-to-day -day life, I struggle with contentment right. as well. 
And I think it's good to realize that it's not just the big issues, but the little ones. And we did talk about that too. Yeah. Aliyah, it's good to review all those things. You were listening. I was listening. Yeah, I'll give you an A plus on listening. Good job. Okay, are you ready to talk a little bit about our topic today? I'm ready. Okay. Now, I'm a huge history fan. I've already talked about Little House on the Prairie, which is historical. I would love to go there to visit. But I also remember being a kid and we went to seven or eight battlefields, Civil War battlefields. Um, and we went to probably seven or eight presidential homes. I don't know why this was what we did on vacation. Um, I still love historical vacations. My family, not so much. No. So they would like to go sit by the beach, you know. Oh, but but they, I, I try to combine sad. both, right? Yeah. You can do both. Um, but one time, my dad bought me a T-shirt at, I think it was Eisenhower's home. And it was, it had a woman on it. It was a, it said, we can do it. And it was a wartime woman with a red bandana on her head and her fist was pumped. You yeah. know, like she has got it. Um, it was also a poster that I think was used to help motivate women to go into the factories to work. Rosie the Riveter. Yes, yes, that's yeah. it. You know your history. Um, I couldn't remember her name, so that's good. When when their husbands had gone to war, it, it was kind of, in my mind, like the epitome of strength, you know? So... So let's start there. Our world says, you know, be strong, right? We can do it. You can do it. Um, so what is strength? Because that's where we have to start. Can a woman have strength in herself? Should she even be strong? Okay, so very simply, I would say that strength is the ability to bear something difficult. Hmm. And women absolutely should have strength. I think about Proverbs 31, which is this chapter in the Bible that describes a godly, excellent woman. Verse 17 says that, quote, she girds or dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. So you can't really get much more clear than that. A godly woman does have strength. Okay. Okay, good. That's good to hear. Um, what are some different aspects of strength? Like, what do those look like? Okay, so I said that strength is the ability to bear something difficult or challenging. And that definition definitely makes us think of physical strength, like the ability to move or lift something heavy or forceful, right? Yeah, like the poster or the, the shirt right. I had. They were going into the factory and doing real work. Something very physical, yeah. right. But Proverbs thirty-one seventeen doesn't j- seem to just be talking about physical strength. It says that she girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. So I don't think that the same thing is just being said twice. It seems that there are a couple different kinds of strength being talked about. A few verses later, we are told that strength and dignity are her clothing. And remember that verse 17 said she dresses herself with strength. Mm. So it makes sense that strength is called her clothing. And she smiles at the future. So strength and dignity are her clothing. That That's spiritual strength, mm. which is certainly tied to emotional strength, right? The yeah. ability to deal with difficult emotional things. Spiritual strength is an ability to bear and stand up against temptation. It's Mm. the ability to spot the lies of Satan, that difficulty, that challenging thing, and oppose them with truth. It's the ability to face trials and yet also smile at the future. I think of the word discernment as you talked a little bit, like there's some strength in having discernment. That's kind of what you're saying. Yes, yes, there's definitely strength in having discernment to know what the truth is and to be able to apply it to difficult situations. Okay, so this is good. So it sounds like women should be strong, right? Yes, yes. And there is clear direction in the Bible for women to have strength. But how is strength between men and women different? Or maybe it's just the same strength. Okay, so I think that we're going to talk about this more as time goes on and this episode goes on. But it seems to me that today we tend to believe that for a woman to have strength, 
she needs to cast off all of the qualities that make her feminine, right? Mm -hmm. So femininity is the opposite of strength, and so if we're going to be strong, we can't be feminine. So we don't really understand how a woman can be soft and gentle and also strong. Right, those don't feel like they go together. No, they don't. And I think culturally we think of them as being opposite. We don't think that a woman can be deferential and also strong either, but that's actually not true. Okay, so can a woman be as, as strong as a man? Okay, so yes, these are, these are hard questions, aren't they? If we're, <laughs> but if we're talking about physical strength, I am definitely stronger than some particular men, right? Okay. I've heard you describe yourself, Julie, as a, as a hardy woman or a oh, sturdy yeah. woman, right? Yeah. You grew up on a farm. Well, actually, that's the way right? my husband described me oh, right? a long time <laughs> ago. Right? Uh, I've it, heard you say it about yourself but, also, but I guess. it was because I did grow up on a farm, and farm girls tend to be kind of sturdy and strong. Well, yeah, you're, you're physically strong and you're capable, right? If you yep. have something hard to do, you're going to do your best yep. to get it, get it accomplished. But at the same time, I think we know that it's just kind of silly to think that women are, in general just as physically strong as men, right? If you look yeah. at a group of women and a group of men, you kind of have to be blind to not see that our bodies are different. Right. It's not accidental. God made the two sexes different. There's nothing demeaning in that. Right. We are just different. Yeah, I know that men are different. I know that they're different in their strength when I cannot open a jar. It's really super crazy that even my like 11 or my 13-year-old sons can open the jars yeah, with isn't their that hands funny? and I cannot do yes. it. right. <clears throat> right. Even even young men yep. are strong. Right. <clears throat> when it comes to spiritual strength, God desires that men and women both be strong. In the Old Testament, Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt. And after he died, a man named Joshua was called to be the new leader who would be responsible to take these people into the promised land. And it was going to be really, really difficult. There were already people living in the promised land and they were some really tough, scary people. Mm. Additionally, the people that Joshua was leading, the Israelites, are described over and over as a stubborn, rebellious people. Yes. <laughs> Plus, I mean, just picture it. They were wandering around in the wilderness, and there were one million of them. That's crazy. So God mm-hmm. told Joshua to be strong and courageous. Joshua needed to be strong. He, he couldn't just have a breakdown. And he couldn't give in to these rebellious people and what they wanted to do. Right. He couldn't give in to temptation and just give up in the face of his difficult calling. He really had to be strong. Now, that, that sounds a little bit like emotional strength. Yeah, I think they're really related, spiritual strength yeah. and emotional strength. Like, yes, yes. They, I think that they are tied, tied mm-hmm. to one another. And it wasn't necessarily, I mean, there would have had to have strength to walk yes. and lead those people, but there was also <clears throat> the emotional and yeah. the physical. And the, right, um, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, strength to go with it. Yes. Now, the thing is, in Scripture, women are also told to be strong. And we can be just as emotionally and spiritually strong as men. But again, that doesn't mean that men and women are interchangeable or mm. their strength looks the same all the time. Yeah. So when I think back to Mia Hamm saying, anything you can do, I can do better, the point of those commercials was to say that she was just as good at everything as Michael Jordan. She was just mm-hmm. as capable. It was to say that they could kind of switch spots and do just as well. But it, that's really kind of a funny thing to say because it's so obviously untrue. Right. He wasn't as good at her at everything either, right? The whole competition was just kind of silly. She was a soccer player and he was a basketball player. So why do we we compare the two? Right, it's like apples and oranges. Right, Why? and just in the same way, why do we have to compare feminine strength and masculine strength? Mm -hmm. I'm not discounting the question at all. It's a really common one that I think we all have, but I'm saying that God made men and he told them to be strong. And Mm -hmm. he made women and he tells us to be strong. 
Yeah. He also tells us, though, that we're different. Yeah. It, it reminds me a little bit of most recently we had a lot of happening with the pandemic. Yeah. And we were highlighting, and I do appreciate all the nurses and doctors and researchers and pharmacists who were still in the hospitals working. You know, they each had a very specific, important role, and not one of them was more important than the other. Right. And, I, you know, we've seen this. Like, I know I want a skilled nurse taking care of me if I'm sick or I need medical help. But a nurse, and a nurse isn't less important than a doctor, she just has a, or he, it could be a man or a woman, have a different role to right. play. Right, exactly. And the same with the pharmacist. I mean, they obviously have a different role. Their strength is going to look different. And I know these are in, you know, in common community helpers type of a role, but it is good to think about that in regard to men and women. It doesn't mean that they are not as important yeah. or that their job isn't as important, just like men and women. It just looks different how it's played out. Yeah, that's a great example. That's yeah. a great example. It would be an unfair comparison yeah. to try to compare nurses and doctors. They are just different. Yeah. It's two different positions. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I always ask about the Bible. So what does the Bible say about strength and women? Okay, so I already mentioned Proverbs thirty-one seventeen and thirty-one twenty-five, which is good to read the entire chapter. Yes, it is. If you haven't read the whole chapter, or even if you have, it's yep. always helpful to go back and read the whole chapter and, and look at the description of yeah. this godly woman. Both of those verses describe the godly woman as one who clothes herself with strength. Now, another place in Scripture that comes to mind is actually a reference to weak women. Mm. But looking at how weak women are described can actually help us learn something about what it means to be a strong woman. Second Timothy 3 begins by describing what men are going to be like in the last days. It says they're going to be lovers of self, haters of good. The list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. We're told to avoid men like these. And then the chapter says, among them, among those evil men, are those who enter into households and captivate weak women, mm. weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Mm. Now that's a really helpful definition of what will cause us to be the opposite of a strong woman, what will cause us to be weak women. Weak women are able to be captivated, able to be tricked. Yeah. They are weighed down with sins. They're led by their impulses. Yep. They're always learning, but never coming to a real knowledge of the truth. And that is not what God wants from us as women. He wants the opposite of those things. So strong women are not taken captive by lying or flattery. They are victorious over sin. They have the ability to resist and fight their impulses. And they have a firm grasp and understanding of the truth. Yeah, that is really good. That is a passage that I have read multiple times. And you're right, it is so good to look at the opposing side of something we're looking at. So right. you just taught, showed us what a weak woman is, and now we can go to the other side. Like I always, with my kids, when we were doing lessons you know, at home, I would make them make a T-chart, you know, yeah. so you can get the comparisons, because right. I think that's really helpful. Okay, now, Aliyah, the last three months, we talked about how sin affects our God-given characteristics. Like we focus on image, we reflect God's image imperfectly. We just, that's just how it is because we're, we're sinners. So let's think about our, how our sin affects this particular character trait of strength. How does sin creep into godly strength? Okay, so a big one is the sin of pride. Mm. It is so easy for us to think that we are strong in and of ourselves. Like all the strength we have is something that we have personally mustered and built up within us. The thing is, if that is the truth, that my strength has to come from myself, that actually means that I'm not strong in the way that God wants me to be strong. Hmm. In 2 Corinthians, 
the Apostle Paul talks about a particular weakness he has. He has something that he calls a thorn in his flesh that he asked God to take away from him over and over. But God's response to Paul was that he wouldn't take away that weakness because God said, my grace is sufficient for you for power is perfected in weakness. And then Paul says, therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, excuse me, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, Mm. then I am strong. So the truth is we're all going to have weaknesses and difficulties. When we are humble enough to see that and go to Christ for our strength, that's actually when we're strong. It's Mm. through Christ's strength, through God's strength. If we're too proud to acknowledge our need of God's strength, then we're not going to have it. Mm. And why, why wouldn't we want God's strength? That's awesome. You know, can I just stop for a little commercial break? Yeah. Coming up in a few weeks, we're actually going to talk about this very topic of pride and how easily it slides in to a woman's life. Yes. And um, it's coming up and it's called Opposing Forces. I'm kind of giving you a heads up. You, you want to listen to that. And that's going to give us more, m- more content more things to think about, and it's definitely a convicting episode, let me just tell you personally. So it's good to talk about. And you're right. It's easy for pride to creep in because all of a sudden we think we are the reason that we're strong. We've accomplished something. Yeah. Okay, so why should a woman be strong? Okay, women should be strong because God is strong. He is powerful, and he's said that he will give strength to his children. In a few other books written by Paul, he tells the churches that he's writing to that he is praying that God would give them strength. Mm. His prayers are a really powerful example of where our strength comes from as Christian women. And they're kind of long. They are kind of long. (laughs) Yeah, they're a little long. Can I I read an example of one? You can, but I just want to mention that one time someone gave a... um, like challenge to my kids in a homeschool co-op if they could diagram one of Paul's sentences yeah oh that's hard yeah it was no one took it up I don't think yeah that's hard (laughs) that would be I think I might pay someone to do that just because it's a good a good practice I would really struggle I think to really diagram it well now someone out there is going I'll do it I'll do it so okay good okay Okay. go ahead and read. here's one from Colossians chapter one Paul says for this reason we also since the day we heard about it have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all perseverance and patience, joyously giving thanks to God the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. So our God is mighty. He Mm. gives us power. He gives us strength that we couldn't ever have on our own. We don't have to be like the weak women that are spoken about in 2 Timothy 3. We can be strong women who aren't taken captive by lying or flattery, who are victorious over sin, who have the ability to resist all sorts of impulses, and who have a firm grasp of the truth. And it's because God is powerful, and he gives us that strength. Mm. Yeah, that's really, really encouraging, really, that this isn't something we have to muster up in ourselves or create yeah we can just put our our faith in christ and we can follow the things that he gives us in the bible i think i love that that's good and his his abiding in christ will help us to do this okay okay so what are some examples in the of strength in the bible like what can we learn from these women particularly women in the bible that were strong okay there are a lot of examples of strong women in the bible one that comes to mind is a woman named esther if you haven't I read, I love the book of Esther. I do too. It's a great story of God's power 
and of God's protecting yeah. his people. And it actually reads fast. Yeah. It almost reads like a novel. It does. Yeah. It really does. With a lot of plot twists. Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah. So Esther was a young Hebrew woman who lived in exile in Persia. After a, kind of a series of events, Esther was chosen by the king to be his wife and the new queen. Now, there were many people at that time who viewed the Hebrew people as their enemies. But one of them was a man named Haman, who was very powerful and very close to the king. Haman came up with a plan to have all the Hebrew people in the country killed on a particular day. And he had the king sign the decree. Mm. Now, neither Haman nor the king knew that Esther was actually a Hebrew. She had kept it a secret. When Esther heard of this agreement that Haman and the king had come to, to have all of the Hebrews killed, she had this choice to make. She could either continue to live in wealth and comfort in the palace mm. while all of the Jewish people outside of the walls were killed, or she could risk her own position and safety to confront the king and Haman and tell the truth about her own background. So Esther decided to risk her own safety for the sake of her fellow Hebrews and risk being put to death herself if the king didn't change his mind. What she did took strength. Mm. When you read the story, you actually see that her initial impulse was to protect herself. Mm -hmm. She wasn't going to do it at first, but she didn't just protect herself. She chose to take the hard road. And because Esther was strong, she was able to use her position to bless many, many other people. Mm -hmm. So we can learn from her that God uses women who are willing to give up their own comfort, <clears throat> women who are willing to have courage in the face of fear and danger, and he uses them in great ways. Sacrifice and courage are a big, big part of godly strength. Yeah, I love that we see that she didn't right away, like she was kind of thinking about herself at first. Right. I'm, I'm thankful that we can see that because it makes me see that she was a real woman. She was human, yeah. right? She was just like us. Yeah. Mary is another example that I thought about of a strong woman in the Bible. Mary was likely really young when the angel came yeah. to her and told her that she was going to be the mother of the Messiah. She wasn't married and she didn't understand, just like none of us would understand how yes. what the angel told her could possibly be true. And remember, we're in this, that's a cultural thing. Being yeah. young, being young is pretty crazy. She was really young. She was very young. Very <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, wow, she was young. So yeah, keep going. Very young. But her response was amazing. There would have been a huge challenge yes. to being pregnant outside of marriage. She was completely dependent on the people around her, right? She could have yeah. been an outcast. Yes. But Mary had faith and she responded to God's plan with faith and worship. Some of us might tend to think that Mary was some kind of like this super special woman yeah. who didn't have the same kind of temptations that we face. But just like we said with Esther, she was a real person. She yeah. was a real woman. It's not true that she was special and different than us. The Bible doesn't say that she was sinless. Right. It does say that she was favored by God. She mm -hmm. had faith. Mary's faith, strength can teach us a number of things. First, young women, even teenagers, like Mary likely was, can be strong, godly mm -hmm. women. It's not a character quality that only comes when we are like full-fledged adults. We can also learn that strong women are grateful women. They're worshipful women. Mary responded to God's plan for her life with gratitude and with worship. She mm. was humble before God, and she was willing to trust him with her whole life. Mm. She was overflowing with thanksgiving and praise. Mm, that's good. Those are two great examples. And, you know, if you have not read Esther's, the, the book of Esther before, I encourage you to go do it. And Mary's story in the book of Luke, and at the beginning, it just kind of walks you through it. I would read the first three or four chapters 
I can't remember yeah, exactly. And her prayer. And right. her prayer's in there, and it just shows her worshipful spirit and attitude. In the midst of, as you said earlier, strength is dealing with something that going through something that's difficult. And yeah. these were both kind of difficult things. Definitely difficult not, situations. Not bad things, just very difficult, right. something you were not planning. That's good. Okay, so if we're going to talk about the Bible, let's talk about what are some of the examples in a Christian's life. <clears throat> How can we be strong women? Okay, so let's go back to that definition that we came up with from 2 Timothy 3. We said that strong women are not taken captive by lies or flattery. They're victorious over sin. They have the ability to resist impulses, and they have a firm grasp of the truth. So here are some really practical examples of godly strength. Okay, godly strength means that we aren't taken captive by flattery. That means that the strong woman doesn't need the praise and the admiration of other people to be confident in who God has made her. She isn't like yearning and grasping for praise on social media. Her thoughts aren't always on whether or not she was complimented for her outfit or her hair or whether or not the people she admires notice her. The strong woman knows where she stands with her Lord, and she's confident in that. Mm, those are That's good. The strong woman is also victorious over sin. That doesn't mean, though, that she doesn't sin. But through the Holy Spirit, she has a soft heart, and she repents, and so she has victory. She actually changes and leaves mm. her sin behind. The strong woman doesn't wallow in defeat, but neither does she justify and excuse her sin. She mm. lives a holy life. Mm. The strong Christian woman is also able to resist impulses. That means that when she has that urge to snap at her husband or her children or even the clerk at the grocery store, she's able to resist it. Yeah. The woman who is even stronger is able to not just quiet her mouth and keep it shut, but also her heart. Mm -hmm. And even to speak graciously in the face of that initial urge to get kind of snappy. The strong woman is able to resist the impulses that her emotions would tell her are justified or totally reasonable because her strength is stronger than those impulses. Yeah, that's really a good point about not just quieting her mouth because all of those things really require heart strength. They do. They require a change in our heart um, or we'll just keep sinning. We just may not be doing it on the outside. Right. You know, like there's a, there's a story of a little boy who his mom says to sit down and he says to her, I might be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. And I think that's really true about this. We we have to look at our hearts and yes. we have to make sure that our strength and when we're we're in the mode of wanting to respond, we, we use our strength comes from Christ. That means that, that's how we actually have victory over sin. Yes. Is to yes. change on the inside. Yeah. Right. So the strong woman is also willing to fight the urge to take revenge when she's wronged. Mm, boy, is that an important thing. Yeah. Say that again. <laughs> the strong woman is able to fight the urge to take revenge yeah. and to take offense. We all have that urge to take offense and to hold on to someone else's sin, right? Or maybe sometimes it's actually just hold on to someone else's mistake or yeah. what we perceive to have been a sin. And it's happened to us all. Oh, it, it does happen to us all. But the strong woman fights the urge, and instead she trusts God to defend her. Hmm. Last, the strong woman has a firm grasp of the truth. So practically in the Christian's life, really simply that means that she reads the Bible. Hmm. She knows it and she lives by it. And it really does change the way she lives her days. It means that what God says is the priority in her life, so she has time for it. She reads it. She thinks about it. She's able to see how it applies to everyday situations. Yeah, I agree 100% on all of those. But especially the last one, strong women who love Christ must put the Word of God as a priority. You know, I've said it before, but it's so helpful. I think I heard it somewhere, and I it's like stuck in my head like a commercial from when I was a kid. 
actually, I can still sing the Toys R Us theme song. <laughs> I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. Okay, that's Well, there enough. you go. Yeah, that's enough. But this is the statement that plays in my head often, and it is that we need to view our world through the lens of the Bible rather than the view the Bible through the lens of our world. Yes. And so if you're going to view our world through the lens of the Bible, you have to know the Bible. You actually have to read it. Yeah, and, and that's the strength you're talking about. It has to come from there. Otherwise, we will listen to everybody around us and let it be what directs us. Exactly. Yeah, that's really good. You know, wrapping up today's episode on feminology, which I have to say, thank you, Aaliyah, so many good things to think about. Lots to ponder. And, and for those of you listening, I encourage you to kind of go back through these. I, I love how she talked us through some of the ways that we easily fall into being weak and how we have to fight to be strong in these areas, strong in a spiritual way, you know? So that's really good. What are some of the top three things? Let's just say, you know, three that we should be remembering. Okay. So first, our God, the God that we serve is strong. He is mm-hmm. mighty. And second, he gives his children, both men and women, strength. We get strength from him. And last, strong women are not taken captive by lying or flattery. They are victorious over sin. They have the ability to resist and fight their impulses, and they really know the truth. They have a firm grasp of what the Bible says. Yeah, I think you gave me more than three. Well, that last one had a few points <laughs> yes, in it. That's yeah. what I thought. But, but those are really good. I actually, when you were saying them earlier, I thought those would be good to like write down and kind of review and turn them into questions like, am I um, being taken captive by lying or flattery? Am yeah. I spending a lot of time worried about, you know, what people think or how I look? And is that where I'm at? Am I victorious over sin or have I, am I just accepting it? Yeah. You know, um, am, I, am I being impulsive in how I respond to people around me? And am I reading my Bible? You know, and do I do, I do it just to do it or am I doing it? to want to learn and grow. Yeah, uh, those I, are helpful. You're yeah. right, asking ourselves those questions. I think a help. questions are good. I'm, I'm a big advocate of questions, so that's my commercial for questions, right? Aliyah, thanks so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me. You'll be back in May and June, I think. Yes. Yeah, and we're going to talk another two episodes all about strength and being a woman, so I think that's great. Aliyah, would you pray for us today? Sure. Heavenly Father, you are mighty. You are strength, and you are the very definition of what it means to be strong. You tell us that you give us strength. And so I pray, Father, that each one of us who are listening would come to you for the strength that is required to live a holy life. Mm, I pray that you would give strength generously. I pray that we would rely on you and fight the temptation to fall into pride um, when, when we um, go through our daily lives. When we see ourselves having strength, I pray that we wouldn't give ourselves praise for that, but that mm. we would praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm so glad you joined us today. Next time, uh, we will be focusing on how we can have a passionate life for Christ. I hope that you'll join us then. We have some great application on Living Devoted. Um, It's actually a two-part series called The Worthy Walk. And um, it's going to be talking about how we can live day to day. I actually think it fits in well with today's topic. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about that. And I think you're going to want to listen because the first episode is a recorded talk. um, And it's going to be kind of setting everything up. And the second episode of this two-part series is me interviewing the woman who gave the talk on kind of a follow-up, how she's doing now after she talked about some major changes in her life. So we'll hope you join us next week. Remember, when everything around you is shaking, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. 
Until next time. Thank you.